So if you'll take a moment, and some of you, if you're like me, you might actually need a stretch for this, okay? So if you got to get loose, it's okay. But underneath your chair is an object. And uh, just go ahead and grab that. There's a Lego. Everybody, take it home with you. I want you to hold on to this, okay? I want you to keep this. If, if you do step on it, we're going to say amen. Feeling the spirit today, right? All right. Everybody got their Lego? Okay. Yeah, I just want to be a total, totally honest here. Um, as I put those underneath the chair before the first service, before the service is early, man, I felt old. I mean, like, I was bending over, I was just out of breath. How do you get out of breath throwing a block handle, right? It legit happened, though. All right, so, hey, the Lego, right? If you have your Lego in your hand, I want you to think about this. All right, so if you look at this Lego, it's alone, right? Alone, a Lego is actually unable to fulfill its actual destiny, its purpose, okay? It is a Lego, nonetheless. It's an important piece to what it can actually become. Uh, and... For most of us, we can think of a Lego by itself. It's really destined to um, really hit us right in the soul, right? And I don't mean like S-O-U-L. I mean S-O-L-E. In the middle of the night, when you step on it, you feel that thing, right? And it's, it's, it's there. That's when you recognize, man, Legos can have some impact. Um, and they can hit you right to the core. Like, all right, so that's what an individual Lego may do, right? But together, Legos are actually really, really capable of some remarkable things. We're going to bring up some images of this. And, yeah, this is a Lego Bobo. Uh, I'm sure it's safer. Yeah. What? Three people know that joke, I guess. Uh, anyways, it's a Bobo. We have a tiger. Here. Alright, so anyways, hey. As you can see, there's going to be a few more, but for Lego to actually flourish and be what it's supposed to be, to actually accomplish the purpose that it's supposed to have to maximize his purpose, it has to do so in coordination. Superman. It has to do so with other Legos. Like for a Lego to actually be what a Lego is designed to be, it doesn't do it alone. It does it together. Now, you and I, we are all individuals. Every single one of us, unique in amazing ways. And every one of us are amazing, just as we are. However, even though we're capable of some really amazing things alone, we aren't capable of doing to the fullness of what God has designed us to do alone. We actually need each other for this. We need each other to actually fully go to accomplish some of the most amazing things that God has designed you as an individual to become. I mean, to experience the deepest levels of meaning and impact and purpose, it happens when we live our lives together in community. Mike's clapping for me. I'm going to claim that. That was from me. Right? Listen, we absolutely have to have each other. We have to if we're going to actually accomplish to the fullness. Right? Now, can we bring the lights back up now? Can't see you all. Um, it's my fault. The thing is being back. It's totally on me, right? All right. Anyways, hey, so here's the thing. Community isn't always easy. In fact, it's just really, really tough sometimes. It's tough to do community in the way that God has designed it at times for our lives. I mean, listen, we may come to these places where we have this mindset where, like, it's not really that important to be here together on a Sunday morning. 
right? We can get this. We can get out of this routine of seeing each other and being with each other and worshiping together and studying the Bible together and just doing life together. We, we sometimes miss out on this, and it's really easy to come up with the ways around coming to engage with each other on a Sunday morning. It's raining. Or no one will even know I'm not there. Right? These are some pretty common causes. Or it's a beautiful day out there. But it's more than just Sunday morning. I mean, sometimes, like when we think about serving, for example, there are plenty of volunteers here to do the work. And that's what we tell ourselves. So basically what we've done is we've convinced ourselves that, that I'm not needed to fill this role. We have a whole lot easier of a time to find ways to get out of doing community than we do in an engaging community because community takes sacrifice. And it takes commitment. And it takes... Honestly, being vulnerable. I mean, we believe that how we live is our business. My business alone and not the business of the people that I do life with or go to church with. My family. Like, I can do what I want. They don't have any right to speak into my life. Not toward this. This is mine. And we may actually even find a, we might actually fail to find this a privilege, but we fail to go out with each other and make a difference in the world around us. To go and to make disciples. To go and to see people in need and to make a difference. To live generously to people that need generous hearts. These are a whole lot easier. It's easier to avoid this than it is to embrace this. Because embracing it comes at a cost. It comes with a commitment. It comes with a purpose. Now here's the problem though. There is a problem with every one of these statements about it's my life, it's they don't need me, it's I don't have to go, I don't need to be around, I don't need to go. And the problem with every one of these statements is actually the Bible. The Bible is the problem here. Because it disagrees on every single one of those accounts. The Bible would say something very different. We're going to dive into that. So the source of this is we actually have a me to we problem. And here, let me explain that. We focus on me. But God's purpose and what he has called us to is to focus on we. We can do this. Like, through him, we focus on him. He calls us into a we relationship, one another, doing this together. So we're going to talk about a different way to do community, and, and, and our first point is going to be come together. So in Hebrews chapter 10, and you can get this if you're turning your Bibles, but also it's on version in the events page. So if you get a chance to go there, it's there. If not, we're going to go into Hebrews. So let's just jump right in. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 45. Now listen to this. It says this. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, but not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, the Bible already hits us in that first statement of it's not really that important to engage regularly on a Sunday morning or whatever that time of meeting is, right? That time of togetherness. But the Bible says, no, don't forsake this. This is a gift. This is something I've called you to. This is something you need, even when you don't know you need. We need these moments because it's in these moments when we're doing corporate worship and corporate studying and corporate life, right? That we actually have bonds growing, but also God is shaping us as a body for a purpose. Don't forsake the gathering. So we need to be here. We need to be engaged. And 
And here's the thing. So like you may be thinking like, well, this is just an attendance getter, right? Like let's just make sure everybody comes on a Sunday morning. No, it's not about that. It's just Sunday services are like putting a ball on a tee. So if God has called us to do life like together, one of the simplest and most efficient ways is to take advantage of the opportunity that is right there in front of us and just swing. Right? So Sunday morning, if you think about it, put a ball on a tee, it's easy to hit that mark. So every single Sunday morning, there is an opportunity, an easy one to actually accomplish, and that's just to show up. To show up and relate with each other, to communicate, to enjoy each other. It's not to get in and to get out. It's actually, this. there's times cushioned around every service so that we can actually hang out with each other. So we want to take advantage of what's put on the tee because I, anyone else's life busy? Man, y'all are lucky. Okay, nobody's busy. John, John is a busy person. Bobby is a busy person. Nobody has a kid playing any sport. All right, so you know busy, right? Life is busy, but we have a moment set aside where people we should, in theory, like are actually coming to the same location. I mean, I hope, you know, quote, unquote, like, um, and we can come and we can spend time together. And then there's another one. There's another T. Check this out. We also have our small groups. We have our life groups here. We need to engage in these, and we need to spend time in these because here's, Here's the reason I'm asking this, and I'm, I'm going to go through this. It's not because I need to see more numbers. I don't really, I, like, that doesn't concern me. It's because you need the relationships, and I need the relationships. Like, we need these moments. It isn't about a numbers game. It's about the fact that you were designed to be in communion with people, just like you were designed to be in a communion with God. And that's possible through Christ, and then Christ gave us this gift of the church. He gave us each other for us to live with us. So we have these opportunities to come together in Sunday services and small groups and then even connect groups, which is really our volunteer group. So if you think about this, we have this opportunity to serve. And this is one of those statements, right, where it says, well, they don't necessarily need me. Well, you know what? There, there may be a little part of truth on this. Like, I don't know that they need me, but they want me. They want me. We want you. Like, I want you in a connect group with me because that means I'm guaranteed more time with you. And then not only more time, but more time with an opportunity to actually be a blessing to someone else. When we live our lives generously like this, and then when we live it generously together, God works amazing things in our lives. The purpose is actually for deeper joy and deeper fulfillment in our own lives. This is what it's for. It's not just about numbers. Like, it sounds like a numbers thing, but it is not. It is so not numbers. It is so much more. It is about your quality in your relationship and walk with Christ and one another. And, and honestly, shouldn't we want that for ourselves? Now, there's a dual purpose in 24, so check this out. Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good work. So when I think about like this, and it's going to lead us to our next point, which is serving together, but also I want to point out like our small groups. One thing that I've, I've been trying to get with like some of our small group leaders as I have a chance is I want us to outdo one another in love and good kind, like good deeds and kindness and all this stuff. So I'm like, it's a Jesus off, y'all. That's what this is. Okay? <laughs> like, no joke. This is a hey. So our group did this. What has your group done? And then what that should do, it's not like to nana and a boo-boo. I mean, if that's the way to get people to do some good stuff, I'm okay with a little nana and a boo-boo. I'm okay with a little bit of competition. Because here's the deal. I want you and your group, and if it's a serving group, if it's a small group, if it's your group of just family and friends that are around you, 
I want you guys to have an impact in this city. Just like you should want me to have an impact in the city. If our small groups do four a year, just four a year, each one, on their own, four a year, for example, that means we can have anywhere between 12 and 20 impact moments in this city in one year. Would that be a game changer? It would be a game changer. Find somewhere that there's a need. And it doesn't have to be just small groups. Like, think about our volunteer, like our ministry teams. What if, like, the production team was like, you know what, hey, let's go do something crazy. Let's go pump gas today. Or let's say the rich kids, hey, let's just go do a little one-day Bible camp in one of the impoverished communities in Oak Ridge. What if it was just you and five friends that just went to make a difference? We should provoke within one another. Good deeds, kindness, like good works, love. Like we should do this. This is why we serve together. Listen, in Ecclesiastes 4.9 it says this. Because here's what we can get into the place of. Well, if we do it alone, we can get really tired. Agree? Alright. Bobby would get tired, apparently. Just me and Bobby, we'd get tired. Hey, when you work alone, it's easy to burn out. Now check this out. In Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And then if we go to Galatians 6, 2 real quick, I know there's some flipping, but I'm just going to jump right on into it. It actually says this, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. It is so important. It is so important that we do this together that... When we do so, when people are tired, they know how much you love them by the fact that they're leaning on you and you're carrying them to the finish line. And when the world sees this, check this out, when the world sees us doing this together, when the world sees you carrying the burdens of someone else, it's not your responsibility by a world standard, but by God's standard it is. Now, when we do that, when we are actually carrying one another's burdens, then the world sees it and they see something different. They see something in a people of Christ that is remarkably different than the world around them. They see something in the people of God that says, I love you so much that even though this may look odd, or this may be hard, or this may get me dirty and tired, it may make me broke, it may, be, it may even make me broken. I love you and I'll do it anyway. You want to see hope in a world that is just screaming out in hopelessness? Then be the hope that they deserve and, and, and would want to cling to. Because when we reflect Jesus, when we fulfill the law of Christ and the way that we relate with one another, the way that we serve together, then we will make a difference in the world around us and this world will not be the same. How do I know that? Because historically it's accurate. Historically it's accurate. Because there are these men, once Jesus died and was resurrected, they went out and they carried each other's burdens and they took the gospel and here it is now, 2,000 years later. And we're still talking about it and it's still changing your life and my life because they carry one another's burden. And when we look around and we ask why is the world the way it is or why is it that people are not being impacted in the lives around us, then the only excuse or the only answer that we can come up with is that we're missing the point and we aren't doing enough to make a difference. I'm not asking you to be busy. I'm asking you to be committed to one another. I'm asking me to be committed to you. <coughs> Because when we do this, the world will change. And if the world isn't changing in any way around us, it's because we aren't shining the light right enough. It's not about being busy. 
It's about being faithful. It's about being faithful to him and faithful to one another. And then, you know what? We can look at the dual purpose, the 6-2. Listen to this. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Listen. It is also about growing together. Okay, now, here we go. We're going to go back. It's still in Galatians, just a page or two over. It's in 5, 13 through 14. And it says this. <clears throat> for if you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I want to sum up 13 with this short little statement. Don't be a turd. Yes. Don't be a turd. <laughs> Say that right? Yeah. Don't be a turd. So here we go. Listen to this. It says, you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only. Listen to this statement. Don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. So accountability. When we talk about growing together, it means that there are going to be some moments when we need to engage in one another's lives and actually work through some difficult spots together. We need to work through some, some grimy, dirty situations. Like when I have a sin problem, and I'm allowed to say sin in the this year, right? In 2018, except we don't like to point it out in our own lives. But the fact is, is that when I have sin in my life, I need Bobby, for example, when we use it, I need Bobby to be willing to say, hey man, listen, I've been noticing that this is going on here. And I love you enough to say, man, hey, let's, let's talk about this. Let's engage in this conversation because God wants more for you than that garbage. And I need you to love me that way. And you need me to love you this way. But it doesn't give us the right to just be a turd. Right? It doesn't give us the right to grab the stones, to throw a lady in the dirt before Jesus and say, hey, it's time to take this lady out. No, it says that I'm going to engage with you here. I'm going to be willing to get down and to pick you up. And I'm going to talk about difficult topics. I'm going to walk with you through this. And man, no matter how many times you fall down, I'm willing to help pick you back up. It's not a freedom to be a jerk. It's not a freedom to be a hypocrite. It's not the freedom to throw stones. It is, it is the, the joy and the responsibility, the obligation of love. Of love that says, this is hard, but you're worth it. And as a pastor, it's one that in my own heart, what it says is that it is hard, but you are worth it. Every single one of you. When we miss on accountability, what we actually are allowing to happen in our lives, we're allowing ourselves to be robbed of more. Robbed of what God has designed you for and me for. And we miss out on so much more of what God has in store for us because we settle for good instead of great. But God designed you for great things. He designed you for great impact. The question is, what are we settling for? So we grow together. We grow together. Now listen, 14 has a dual purpose too, and it's going to point us to go together. So listen to this. In 14 it says the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew, and it's go together. I think it's up yet. Matthew 28, 18, 20. This may be familiar for some of us, but listen to this. It says... Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, 
Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end. And what is immediately clear here is that, one, authority is, is automatically reaffirmed. Jesus has said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Right. So that means if Jesus is claiming this, then we should listen up. Because if someone is in authority, Steve, military experience, right? person in authority, if they said to go do something, what does the person that is a subordinate do? Yes, sir. They get to it. Right? Jesus said, all authority is mine. You don't even have to lie to Jesus, but he's still in charge. I want you to think about that. Like, to the atheist, to the Muslim, to the whatever. Jesus is still in charge. Yep. And even though they may not recognize his authority, that does not take away his authority. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the authority. And he assures us right here, he says, all authority has been given to me, not just here, but heaven, earth, everywhere. I got this. Now, if that's true, and then he sends us out, right? If he sends us out, then that means that your success is actually assured. When we live like this and we go to make disciples with one another, and outside of these walls of maybe new converts or just the people that God has placed in our lives, then we have a, a success that is assured in his authority. When we go with the heart to glorify God and to impact others for the gospel, then he will make a difference in the lives around us. He will do it because he loves to be glorified. And when we do that, we're doing what he has designed us for, then we are naturally doing that and glorifying his name. Our success is assured. He says go. He's in charge. He's in charge with us. He sends us. We cannot fail when we do this. We can't. So like, we always like to look at this and say, well, what if I screw it up? Can't. Listen, one of my prayers like, before I preach is, God, I know I'm going to mess something up. But thank God for your grace because even in my failures, you overcome. Like, I don't have to preach the best sermon. He doesn't need me to preach it at all. I get to I get to. He's going to do an amazing life, like work in your lives and in my life. All we have to do is just cling to him. He can use us in our shortcomings. And in fact, he delights in using us in our inability to be successful. Because it doesn't allow him to be robbed of glory. He uses unable people to do amazing things. Think not Moses. What did Moses say when he wanted to send him in? He said, I can't even talk right. Moses, Moses wrote like half the Bible. I don't know if that's actually accurate. I just want to point that out. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big chunk, okay? Somebody's going to call me out later with an email or something. He did not. He only wrote, okay. Been called to do life with you, so I'm going to accept that. Right. <laughs> anyway, like, we are not alone on this journey. We are not alone on this journey. This is what's amazing. Like, we get to do this actually together. We have him, one. First and foremost, we have him. And then we have us. Uh, we have we. Right? If you're a parent, that means a totally different thing. But as a non-parent, you know, or if you have kids that are older, that doesn't mean the same thing anymore. Um, I have little kids, so when we say we have we, it's P. Okay? Just if you didn't know. <clears throat> but we have we. Like, I love the fact that I have you guys in my life. Relationships are hard for me. Uh, full disclosure, they're very difficult. I didn't have many growing up. Like, I didn't see a whole lot of healthy relationships modeled. Still, is a struggle for me. I feel insecure. I feel um, inadequate. 
Uh, most people intimidate me, at least on some level, because I keep thinking of all the flaws and my shortcomings. Um, but I push myself and I put myself out there because I know that to not do so is actually disobedient. And I love God more than I love trying to cater to how I feel. But it would be a whole lot easier if I just had like, you know, 25 acres, some cattle, a spring on it so I had water and never had to speak to anyone again. I'd be okay. Courtney says I'd be a hermit. This beer would be amazing. <laughs> it would. It would be great. <laughs> but it would be unfaithful. It'd be unfaithful. So I have to push myself out of my own comfort zone. Like, if you ever get in a hallway conversation with me, like I'm freaking out inside trying to figure out how to go continue down it. But at some point, I'm just going to make a weird, awkward joke and walk off. <laughs> Maybe at least awkward. Now there's like, oh, thank God that guy's gone. Right? It's true. It's true. I struggle with this. But I know that I'm not allowed to actually wrap myself up in my insecurities because God designed me for more than that. And even though it's hard... I get more and more delight the more I engage in relationships, and then I always go home and I think about how I probably did something that was really stupid, and you know. But God is working on me still, and, and a lot of the ways that He does that is because you guys can call me out on my crap. <laughs> when you see me eating up in my own insecurity, some of you just say, "Hey, man, love you," and it's good to feel loved. Honestly, it's just good to feel loved sometimes to know that you are actually more loved by the people that you get to be in a, in a family with than what you ever realize. Is one of the best blessings and the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. Like, he gave, it, he gave us himself and his son, and then the next gift he gave us was each other. That's amazing. Now, what's scary, though, is when we talk about, like, this engaging with each other on a Sunday or in a small group or, or going together, growing together, serving together, coming together, like, all of these things, right? When we talk about this, here's the thing. Now, here's where it gets scary. To not do this not even have a desire to do this. And hear me out. This is terrifying. Because we see the emphasis from Jesus and through the Bible that we will be known by our fruit. Right? The Bible teaches this. It says you will be known by your fruit. And the fruit of a Christian, there's a part of this where Jesus is given these commands and the Bible is teaching us about being together, doing together, going together, growing together, being accountable together. Right? So this is obviously, this is something that Jesus, this is something that the Bible paints out as an expectation for the believer, for the Christian, right? <clears throat> if we're known by our fruit and we don't have the desire to do any of these, what does that say about what kind of tree we are? Because an apple tree produces apples. And a Christian should have Christian fruit. But if we don't have the desire to be around each other or engage with each other or growing together or going together, if we don't have the desire to make disciples, people, then I'm telling you, you need to look and ask yourself what kind of roots are established in my life because they may not be the ones that we've convinced ourselves that cause us to come on Sunday morning. So the terrifying thought is if we don't have a desire for this, then we may not know Jesus in the first place. Because to know him and to follow him and to believe him and to recognize his authority, it means when he says to go, the natural reaction is to follow him. To go. It's terrifying to me. Because I can think of so many times, like in my office, how I'd talk to people that I would work with. And they would say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I'm like, man. All right. So can you technically say that? Yeah. But really, isn't that more of an indicator of what's going on in your heart? Like to look for all the, the escape routes 
from obligation or commitment or community or responsibility and what Jesus has called us to be, to look for the ways out, the loopholes, doesn't that point us to a deeper heart issue? Absolutely. And I'll call a spade a spade. And I need you to call a spade a spade to me. Because when you see me rejecting the clear things of God, then I need you to point to that and say, hey, brother, everything all right? Because this is not okay. Now, after I say that, I want to point out that we have these connect cards. And you can see them in front of you. You can see them. If not, there's some at the desk. And there's no rush to get out of here. And I spend all the time you want. Hang out. Community, right? Be one. Like, we can spend time together. But, but here's the deal. If you'll take one of these, I don't know if you're engaged in a life group. I know some of you are. I don't know if you're engaged in a connection or a volunteer group. I know some of you are. But I also know that all of us aren't. If you're interested in having an impact in this community. I know some of us are. I know some of us aren't. It's just the reality of the world we live in, isn't it? I would challenge you to investigate, to look into this. Like, if we are known by our fruit, then I would say, if you don't have the desire, then more I would say, investigate who Jesus is and his love for you. He died and he rose again so that you could have life and life in him. And that life is not destined to sit in a chair. It's destined to give him glory and to do it together. So if you're not in a togetherness group, into a community group, if you're not, if you're not there yet, then I would ask that I hope and pray you feel the need to be in this connect card will come in handy because you can fill it out and we will get you engaged. It is my honor and my pleasure and my responsibility to try to pour my heart out so that every single person that comes here, that they would come to know Christ and that they would come to serve him together. Because together like a Lego, we can make an amazing difference. So fill one of these out. Fill one of these out. If you haven't, if you're not a part of anything, just fill one of these out. It's not about numbers. It's about your life. It's about my life. I'll be selfish. I don't care to say it. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Because God gave you to me. And he gave me to you. And he said we can do great things because of him. So let's do it together. It makes me think of this communion. You know, we've got gluten-free crackers. <laughs> and juice. And um, a gluten drill, okay? Um, it's a real thing, but these are without it. Now, we come to this table not because we want to get a piece of juice and a piece of... Just you know, go with it, okay? A piece of cracker and some juice. Um, we don't come to this table because the snack's good. We come because what it represents is great represents the body that was broken for you and the blood that was poured out for you, Christian, like Jesus died so that you may have forgiveness of sin. His blood was poured out so that we could be redeemed and brought back into the family of God. This happened so that we could be in communion with him and communion together. So I would say please come and approach this table in a moment. And approach it with the right heart, with the right mind. Search your heart and say, God, I am all yours. And then look around at the people and say, listen, I am all yours. I don't care if I die early because I overwork myself. I just want my life to be poured out completely when it's done. I want it to be poured out completely here. I want it to be poured out completely for you. That's what I want. I spoke about the fruit, and there is a lot more to tease out on, but let me focus on it with these points in mind. God made it very clear through his word 
that he has a desire for you and for me and it's way more wonderful than what you can imagine or dream up. It is something spectacular. Like God has something painted for your life and when we work it together, it is going to be remarkable. He longs for us. He pursues us. He paid the ultimate price in, in the death of his son. And then he gave us another gift. Like he gave us his son as an act of grace, and then he gave us one more. He gave us so many more. But the one that I want to think on and focus on right now is he gave us each other. This church, this people, you are a gift of grace to me. I hope that I am a gift of grace to you. He gave us a family, a lifeline. And some of us have made those calls for that lifeline from time to time. And we know what that means. And if you haven't, it's there. When you need it, just pick it up. He gave us a calling. So when we come together, when we serve together, when we grow together, when we go together, listen to this. To ignore any of these is just a rejection of God's gift of grace. That's what that is. It's to ignore is a gift rejection. To have no desire is a reflection of a, bad, of a broken heart, a heart in need of grace. If we struggle here, here's what's amazing. His grace is sufficient. His love is enough. He is all you need, and he's given us to do it together after that. So I would ask that today would be a day of a renewed heart, a renewed mind, a renewed passion, a renewed purpose. A day of a renewed community. Why you're here, what we're here for, how we do here for, and how we do it together. I would pray that that is where your heart and your mind and your soul is, is that it's renewed in your commitment to, to him first and your commitment to each other next. Let this pour out into each other and pour out inside of these walls. It's a different way to do community, I'll be honest. It's different. It's so different than what the world would expect. It's different. But it is exactly how God designed us to live. So when we take this communion, may that be the journey that you embark on. It doesn't end with the cracker and the juice. But it starts here, and it surrounds each other with love, passion, and purpose. We come together, 